our learning objective is to construct a profit function for a person long or short a put or a call option. In order to really understand what is going on when you establish a position in an option, uh, a very useful tool is what we call profit function or some people like to use what's referred to as a payoff function. The two are very similar. In a profit function, the profit is uh, a function of the price of the underlying asset on the expiration date and it incorporates the effect of the premium. In a payoff function, the payoff is uh, a function of the price of the underlying asset on the expiration date, but it ignores the contribution of the value of the premium uh, for the individual. So uh, the difference between profit and payoff, again, is whether or not you incorporate the effect of the premium. I always find it more useful to understand what's going on by incorporating the effect of the premium, and therefore we will focus on profit functions. Let's consider a profit function for a person who is long a call. And in this example, let's assume that the strike price is $50, the premium is $8, which means that the person who is long a call will pay $8 per share for the call option. If the stock price closes above 50 on the expiration date, the option has intrinsic value. If the stock price closes below 50 on the expiration date, the option, of course, is now worthless. So with that in mind, let's consider uh, a practice problem. If the price of the underlying stock in this example closes at $54 on the expiration date, what is the net profit for this strategy? And your choices are $8, $4, 0, and minus $4. Well, the correct answer is minus $4. The intrinsic value on the expiration date will be $4. That is uh, the $54 stock price minus the $50 strike price. However, the investor paid $8 to acquire the option. So the net profit on the deal would be the intrinsic value minus the premium paid. In this case, $4 minus 8 gives you a minus $4. Now, if you follow that example, for different prices on the expiration date, you can create uh, the profit function. When we talk about profit functions, we are talking about a graph that has the net profit per share on the vertical axis and the price of the underlying security on the expiration date on the horizontal axis. And in our example, recall we said that if the stock price ends up at anything less than $50 on the expiration date, the option is worthless, which means uh, the investor sustains a loss of $8 per share. So your net profit is minus 8, 
and this would be a horizontal line going from the vertical axis at minus 8 all the way across to where the stock price is 50. As soon as the stock price closes above 50, you now are able to generate a, uh, an intrinsic value for the option, which initially will offset the cost of the premium. And remember, we said if the stock price closes at 54, your net loss is $4 a share. If the stock price closes at 58, then your net profit on the deal would be zero because you'd have an $8 intrinsic value to the option and you paid $8, so those two are a wash. Once the stock price closes above 58, you will now generate a profit, uh, a net profit per share of $1 for each dollar the price closes above 58. So 58 is our break-even point. And so what the graph looks like is a horizontal flat line that goes from minus 8 on the axis to minus 8 at 50. It then turns up at a 45-degree angle. It intersects the horizontal axis at 58, and we refer to that as the break-even point. And then from that break-even point, the line continues upward at a 45-degree angle. It's important to note that there is no upward limit on the potential profit from this position. So it's an unlimited potential profit, and it is a limited potential loss because you can never lose more than $8 uh, per share on the transaction. Now, the $8 per share does represent a 100% loss, but it is a limited loss compared to an unlimited potential gain. Uh, when, when people establish uh, call positions, that is, when writers establish call positions, there are two types of, of positions. One is what we call a covered call, and the other is a naked call. A covered call is where the writer of the option uh, also owns the stock, which means that if the person who buys the option decides to exercise it, then the writer can simply deliver the stock that is already owned. Alternatively, the writer may set up a naked call, which means they have no position in the underlying stock. And therefore, if the buyer of the call option exercises the option, the writer would have to go out into the marketplace and buy that stock at the current price and deliver it at the strike price. So imagine in our example uh, earlier, uh, if you were the writer of the call option with a strike price of 50 <clears throat> and you sold the option at $8 per share and then the company during the life of the option announces that they have some incredible uh, research and development breakthrough that generates a product that will make them tons of money. And the next morning, the stock price opens up at $500 a share. 
Well, you can rest assured as the naked uh, call writer that whoever uh, owns that option is ultimately going to exercise it. And so potentially you could have to go out and buy the stock at $500 per share and sell it under the option contract at $50 per share. So you would sustain a $450 loss there, but you do have your $8 premium income to offset your, your loss. So people who are naked riders put themselves in the position of unlimited potential loss but and, and limited potential gain. That is, they can never make more than $8 per share on the deal, the premium, but they do have uh, a tremendous risk exposure. Now let's turn to a put option and consider an example again so that we can understand what's going on. Let's assume we have a put option with a strike price of 50. The premium is $3. So the person who is long a put pays $3 per share for the put option. If the, if the stock price closes below $50, the option has value. If the stock price closes above 50 on the expiration date, the option is worthless. So if you were to graph uh, the profit function for a person who is long the put, again, think of it as on the vertical axis we have the net profit, and on the horizontal axis you have the price of the stock on the expiration date. So if I'm long a put, my maximum profit is if the stock ends up truly worthless, that is zero. So if the stock ends up being worth zero, uh, I will exercise my put option. I will go out and buy the stock at zero and sell it at the strike price of $50 per share and therefore my maximum profit would be the $50 per share less what I paid for the premium, which in our example is $3 per share. So the maximum profit is $47 per share. Now, if the stock price closes at $47 per share, uh, I break even because the option is now worth three. I paid three for it and so that those are a wash and that creates what we call the break-even point. If the option close, if the stock price closes between 47 and 50, the option still has a value but less than three dollars so I end up actually losing a little money on the deal and then if the stock price closes at 50 or above then my option is worthless and I'm out my $3 premium, so I have uh, a loss of $3 per share at, any, at 50 or anything above 50. So again, the profit function is a line that starts at $47 if the stock becomes worthless, declines at a 45 degree angle, uh, breaks even at 47, hits a bottom at of, of $3 and then as a flat line continuing on out from there. 
So you, can, you could describe a person uh, who is long of put is, as having potentially large but not unlimited profit and limited loss. As with uh, call options, you can have different types of positions and put options. A naked put is a put owned without any other position in the asset. And a married put is a put option that is owned by an investor who owns the underlying stock. Now, you may say, that doesn't make sense. Why would somebody both own a put in which you make your best money if the price goes down and own the underlying stock where you're hoping the price goes up? Well, at times people look upon put options as insurance. So you own some stock, but you're concerned the price may fall, but you don't want to sell the stock. Well, then you can go out and buy a put. You have a married put position. So if the price of the stock goes down, you're protected. And if the price goes up, well, you make profit on the stock and you hope uh, and, and you treat your, your premium as uh, kind of like an insurance uh, payment. Let's consider some true-false questions. The writer of a naked call option has unlimited loss potential. That one's true. Remember, there is no upward limit on the stock price, and if you're a writer on a naked call, you may have to go out and buy the stock in the market and deliver it at the strike price. The buyer of a put option has unlimited potential gain. Well, that one is also false. They have potentially large gain, but is not unlimited because the price of the stock cannot go below zero. If you buy a call option with a strike price of 20 and pay a $3 premium, your net profit if the stock closes at $25 is $2 per share. That one would be true because if you own the stock option, you have the right to buy the stock at 20. If the stock closes at 25, uh, then it has an intrinsic value of $5 per share, but you, you paid a $3 premium, and so your net profit is $2 per share.